Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Level Up, the esports and gaming show with me, Nathan Bliss, esports and gaming writer at Reach PLC. In this week's episode, I spoke to two key figures at SAF Global Gaming, John Jarvis, the esports manager, and Craig Winfield, the partnerships manager. FIFA Esports team SAF Global Gaming was founded in 2018 and is now one of the largest FIFA communities in the world and one of the biggest British FIFA esports organisations with a number of talented players in their roster. Recently, they announced they are launching their own esports academy within FIFA Esports with 15-year-old Tommy Mackey joining their academy as their first signing. We talked about why SAF launched their esports academy how they help their players prepare for a career within FIFA Esports, the support they give to their players, the organization's growth and their commercial strategy, and the organization's lofty ambitions to become one of the biggest FIFA Esports organizations in the world. Enjoy! This week, I'm delighted to welcome John Jarvis, Esports Manager at SAF Esports, and Craig Winfield, Partnerships Manager at SAF Esports. Both, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Nathan. Fan of the pod, so it's um, a little bit starstruck to be coming on, but um, <laughs> yeah, we're all good. And uh, yeah, thanks for inviting us. Nice to have a fan on. Thanks, Craig. Uh, how are you doing, John? You okay? Yeah, lovely, Nathan. Um, pleased to be on. Thank you. Thank you both for, for taking time to talk to me. Honestly, I really appreciate you coming on to, to chat about uh, SAF, series about FIFA in more detail um, with your esports organization, because it's something that I'll follow for a while. And some of the content you put on Twitter, if anyone is a fan of FIFA esports, they'll know of SAF esports and, and the content that you put out. But this week, you announced that you're launching your own esports academy within FIFA yeah. esports, which is really, really exciting. Um, just explain to me a bit more about it and how it will work. Yeah, so um, it's something I've, I've really wanted to do for, for a while now. Um, I joined SAF, I think, 18 months ago and putting the foundations in place for the past 18 months um, to get to this stage has been, you know, quite critical. Um, in the last 18 months, we've really had to kind of build up our reputation within the um, esports community. Um, so we've, we've had quite a few high-level players um, join the roster. We have uh, a really successful campaign so far. Um, we have three players in the FGS European playoffs and um, one other player, um, Christian Spateri, who's in the Maltese E-Prem at the moment, hoping to gain a place in the um, play-ins, which will then lead to the playoffs. So the academy itself, um, we're looking for a couple of players. We, we haven't really set a number yet. And what it will be will young players who cannot play in the FIFA Global Series yet. So the FIFA Global Series, as some people might know, um, you have to be a minimum age of 16. So we're looking for the the people, the, the players that will be going into that age range next year or even a year after. So what do we want to do with that player? We want to train them to be not only good East uh, FIFA players, but to also be good content creators. As you, you know, Nathan, as Craig will know, it's, it's tough to make a living um, and, and, to, and in, in FIFA esports. It's not like Fortnite where um, the producers spend millions of pounds into, into prize money. Um, you know, we're not currently there yet with FIFA. Prize pools are quite low and, you can, and players can't really earn money unless they're getting first places in regional qualifiers. Um, and, 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 you know, that's, that's few and far between with thousands and thousands of players um, playing um, in each qualifier. So content is, is really important. So how do we get 
how these young players to come through and not only be good FIFA players, but also be good content creators. So we're trying to marry it up um, within within our academy and um, teach these young players to do both sides of it. But not only that, something that's really important to us as, as staff is that these young players don't start skipping school. Um, education is really important. And it's something that we're going to work with um, with parents as well to make sure that not only they're doing good um, in the FIFA world, they're also doing good at, um, at home as well. I think it's really interesting that it's not more like an esports academy isn't more widespread among the industry because if you look at the the amount of players and the demographic that the the age range particularly of players who play FIFA esports like you look at the most famous one I'm guessing is Anders Vergang who um, has, has hit the headlines for for having a crazy run on weekend league and obviously he's way too too young to be involved in any competitive competitions but there must be so many youngsters that are below the age of 16 who are at really really high levels and they're not represented by by anyone and they're still in education and I think it's such a good thing that you're doing in taking them under your wing and giving them all the advice on how to hack it in the industry because I can imagine that there's people out there who are just kind of winging it and trying their best and not really knowing what they're doing and and maybe they think oh you know school isn't important because I'm going to be a FIFA player but you're saying that it's going to be really important for you to round them into an all-round kind of esports athlete in terms of how you earn money education and also how to be a better FIFA player and I think that's that's a really good thing that you're doing. Yeah, and I think um, as your example, Anders, is, is, is an amazing example. What Red Bull have done with Anders um, this year has, has been fantastic. I mean, uh, I think Anders has been around now for a year or two, um, starting probably uh, getting into the scene in FIFA, early FIFA 20, end of FIFA 19. And what they've done with him is really good. Obviously, he's, he's fantastic. He's probably one of the best players in the world. Um, and he had an amazing weekend league run. Um, <laughs> which which accumulated, I think, into February with the unbeaten run. Yeah, yeah. And then what they've done to him, even content-wise, is unbelievable. I think quite a lot of people like tuned into him just to try to see him lose. Yeah. But <laughs> but I, I think what you, what you found is when, when he was when he's losing games, he, his figures just apps just 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 went higher and higher. Um, but you know, as a brand, at the end of the day, they've done really well, Red Bull, with kind of marketing him. And um, in him marketing himself, really. So I think it's a good thing for other esports organisations to follow. And kind of why hasn't it been done yet? <sighs> to be honest, I just think it might be money. You know, there's no, there's no. We're not doing this to make, um, to make money right now. To be honest, it's you know we're doing it because we love the game, we love the the esport, and we're really passionate about it. People have got to kind of marry up with are they, what what reasons are people doing this for? Are they doing it for the for the accolades, or are they doing it just because they really want to kind of grow the esports? Yeah, it's it's interesting. We, we you speak about Anders as well, Nathan. Um, do you know I, I, the guy is absolutely unbelievable. Um, I, I think one thing it has thrown up a little bit is is almost a little bit of you know sort of hatred towards the guy as well, which which is obviously something we don't stand for in our community. Um, one thing that we're working on now, which which these guys will have access to, is a mental health charity and also some content pieces around how to look after your mental health as well. Um, obviously, Twitter can be a nasty place at times, and we want to make sure that these guys, first of all, we know how to spot if these guys are struggling, um, but also how we can support them and get them help if needed. But that's also something we're going to put in place for our, our whole community as well. 
So as well as the sort of education and the FIFA, the content creation, the the mental health of these guys is is going to be really important to us as well. Yeah, that's a, such an important thing. And if you look at the industry, I mean, if you look at someone like Wolfies, for example. I know we talked about Anders in FIFA esports, but if you look at Wolfies in in Fortnite esports, and yeah, obviously a Fortnite player for XL who won over a million pounds at sixteen years of age, and he's kind of thrown into the limelight. And it shouldn't it shouldn't happen? But on social media, you do get those kind of negative comments as 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 well as the positive comments and. Um, there's not there's not a lot out there is there to prepare these players for for that fame if you like uh, if you know if they hit the headlines or if they win a tournament so I think it's really important what you're doing the fact that you're giving them that access to a mental health charity because th- that's something they might need later on down the line because th- at the end of the day these are 16 year old boys and girls who are just trying to make their way in the industry so that's I think that's a really important part of it and it's it's going to be something re- more important for the industry moving forward. Yeah, definitely. I think I think you know we've seen we see things every day, and we hear stories from our community from people that are struggling, you know, with addiction or, or mental health issues. And you know, we're we're not going to be able to help these guys medically, but but I guess what we want to do is kind of try to end the stigma that you know it's okay to talk about these issues, um, and it is a medical condition that's caused by imbalances in the brain. It it doesn't make you. You're not less of a person if you're struggling with mental health because a high percentage of people will. But yeah, I think it's really important for us to to look after our players and and the wider community really as well. So let's talk about Tommy Mackey then, who's the first player to join the the SAF Academy team. Um, he's only recently turned 15, but he's already achieved multiple top 200 finishes in the weekend league, which is. You know, I can testament is such a hard thing to do uh, in in the weekend league, ultra competitive, and has several 30-0 weekends, which is incredible. Um, tell me about Tommy and why you decided to bring him on board as your first academy player. The reason why is his attitude, um, more than anything. I, I, I kind of knew of Tommy at the tail end of last year. I think it was about October or something. He, he hit a couple of to- uh, 13-0s and, and he kind of came under my radar then. And then more recently, he's been doing he's doing better and better with a really non-meta team. I think he's Patrick Cliver up front, <laughs> which is a bit weird, um, but it's quite a testament to what to what he's actually how good he is. So why Tommy? What me and um, our own um, Callum, aka SBC Tips, we we had a um, a group call with him, his his dad and his his brothers and stuff. And what you could see is he has such a good support unit in his in his family. Um, you know, his, his, his dad's getting into it now. His dad's looking up how to, how to, um, tips for streaming. His brother's acting like a, like an agent type thing <laughs> and doing, and helping him out with trading and stuff. So it was, it was, I think it was a really good base of us. I kind of, um, took to the family and, and, and just knew it, it was a good idea. So, and most of his, um, top 200 finishes were when he's, as you said, he just turned 15 was when he was 14. And I think he's had over um, over ten this year. So when we're looking at esports, and I'm saying to kind of say when we're looking at players for our FIFA team, we're not looking for players that are getting top two hundred results and, and stuff like that. We're looking for for competitive players to do well against other professional players. But at that age, just not really really expect them to go to qualifiers because they, they can't. They're not verified and they can't and they can't play them because of restrictions. So. We also done a couple of trial matches against some of our players, and feedback was good. So it was, all, all around, Tommy was was a really good fit for us. 
I mean, you can't knock having your brother as your agent because I think Lionel Messi has his brother as his agent. So, I mean, that's worked for him, hasn't it? So Yeah, but Nicholas Nelka did as well and that went bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe 50-50 then, but um, I'm sure that he's got a, a good support network around him anyway. And I mean, he sounds like a really exciting player to have him. But what are you... We talked about earlier in terms of what you're going to be able to, to give him, but what kind of support will you give him with his career in terms of... I know he'll have the SAF brand represented him and he'll have the kit and stuff, but how will you look to help him in terms of his, his FIFA skills, but also as a, as a, a rounded individual as well? Yeah, so additionally, he does a lot of um, he does streaming on Twitch. So he does his um, weekend league rewards. He does his weekend league gameplay all on Twitch as well. So he's recently started to invest in like a camera and all that type of stuff as well. So at SAF, we've got like a really good team of um, of, of streamers. Um, so we've got two Twitch partners and uh, three um, Facebook gaming partners as well. Is that right, Craig? Craig yeah, Craig that's better, right. Mate. Oh, yeah, that's uh, right. and <laughs> so um, you know we've got a really good team there of streamers, and um, what we're looking to do is help impart their wisdom on, onto him as well to help him, like you know, a better better streamer and start growing the brand that way, um, growing his brand, and then also the coaching as well. We've got um, some really good coaches within um, within South. We've got um, Jay Nero, who's kind of like our head coach, you could call him. Um, he's more of our PlayStation coach, and then we have um, Joey Sharp, who's um, helping us out on the Xbox at the moment. Um, he's coaching um, uh, Impacts, who's um, going to the playoffs, and then also we have our resident coach um, Larry Martin, who's going to be heading up the academy as the as a manager going forward as well. So we've got a really good structure that structure in place there. And I think we can really help these academy players going forward. From my side, really, what what my job is to try and <clears throat> to try and let these guys understand what it's like to work with brands, um, and it's important for them to build up their their personal brand. Um, you know, the, the content that they're posting, the way that they come across on social media. You know, essentially, we want these guys to be working with some of our partners and brands in the future. So how they represent themselves in the FIFA space um, as a person, I think that's really important. And that's something that you know, we'll be able to help the guys with as well. Yeah, something else I found really interesting is the fact that you allow the players to create their own fan base and secondary income via stream revenue, um, but also to look at how to trade as well, because we spoke to a number of FIFA players in the on the podcast about how they have to put money in at the start of every game to to get a competitive team. And that can be quite hard, can't it, if, you, if you're maybe not supported by a team. So the fact that, that SAF give players that knowledge to be able to trade and earn money through the game rather than putting loads in at the start i think that could really help and moving forward um is that something that you you do with the the rest of your roster and they all look to put their kind of tips together so what you've got to think with the um with the the pro team there's no getting away with fifa um, away from fifa points no matter how good you are as a trader to keep up within fifa within competitive fifa you have to put points on it's for me, it's disgusting. You shouldn't have to have any sport in eSport where, where a player has to invest up to two, three thousand pounds to be competitive. But what we are hoping to do with um, what we have been doing with, SAF, with our SAF trading um, Discord is the investment that we give our players, we're able to multiply it via trading. And, you know, it's a player's choice if they do it or not. But a lot of our players have done that and, they, and been able to multiply their investment by following our trading tips and then following people like Craig. Craig's Craig's a very good um, flipper. 
as, as they call it, flips cards um, for uh, buys a bulk um, bunch of cards for a, a low a low price and sell, sells them for higher. So um, for a higher price. But if they take the advice of Craig and our other investors, they could yeah multiply and amplify the investment that they've got. Craig, do you want to jump in if you're if you're the master flipper? Do you do you want to jump in and and give your thoughts on the, the whole trading thing and how that can help the players? Yeah, certainly. So I mean, I mean, the EAs in one of EAs statements that you covered, Nathan, there was discussion there that the EA said that players need to be able to trade. So so we we now have the the UK's largest paid trading Discord. So you know that really allows these guys, like John said, to multiply the coins that they've got, and um, but also. You know, thinking of the wider community, you know, we see ourselves as really being able to help people with that. Um, and again, if we sort of touch on <clears throat> kind of the mental health side of things, one of the things that we're going to be doing as well as working alongside the mental health charities is working alongside some guys that are involved in gambling addiction. You know, we've seen some stories of, of guys putting their student loans into FIFA points and, and having to drop out of university. There's some really sad stories out there. And, and again, this is not as kind of wanting to go out publishers because of microtransactions. It, it, I guess it's what it's us understanding our community, seeing that there's an issue there and just trying to have an intervention for these guys to try and get them some help. And again, do you know, I think that, that, that transpires into the pro team. If, if these guys are not having a great competitive season, they might reach for the credit card and put a few thousand pounds worth of FIFA points on to try and keep up. So yeah, I just think that the the trading element is um is a it would be a great pull for for us in the future to get players in, um, but it but it's also a massive part of our community as well. Yeah, thanks, Craig. That's really interesting. I, I know you mentioned my article there a couple of weeks ago. That was something that came out in regards to the the whole EA gate and the black market investigation that that was going on um with within FIFA esports. And I know. EA came out with a statement and said that you don't need to put money into the game. Any every every player can be earned. As it is, obviously, it's not ideal for for FIFA esports players, and a lot of people are making comments about that. But I think what you're doing is you're basically saying, look, this is how it is at the moment. Let's give you the best tools you can to be competitive. And although that might not be ideal, and it's something that you you know you don't really need to do, I think it's good that you're giving that option to the players to be able to make them a bit more competitive if they need to earn a little bit more money in the game or a little bit more coins within the game to get the better players to be more competitive. Then that's the choice you're giving them. Rather than going out and spending the FIFA points if they if they need to have those those players. Yeah, a good example of this would be um, before the um, EPREM qualifiers. Um, one of our players, Cameron, was playing his qualifier for Aston Villa. He didn't have enough money to actually buy a Cancelo a right back. I think at the time it was it, um, the UCL Road to the Final Edition was going for about three hundred, four hundred um, thousand. And he didn't have the coins for it. And it was two days before the qualifier. He actually went into the our trading discord, got some advice and um, and and actually managed to to earn that money through trading within a couple of days and, and, and had a right back for the event and went on to qualify. So it's a good success story and shows that it, it, it can work. But we're talking Cancelo here, right? 400,000 coin card. We're not talking about Kulit, Primark Icon moments, R9 is worth 15 million. But those players who you do need, you have to put money in from. You can't you can't do a road to glory and expect to have the very best team available to yourself. It's a unique esport, isn't it? In that in that aspect, because you know on Call of Duty, you can't just go out and buy the best gun 
and everyone else having worse guns. It's it's a very unique esport in that way. And just to give EA's kind of side of things, they told me that FIFA Ultimate Team is a multifaceted game of skill. It's important to note you can acquire all items in the game without ever spending money with purchases being entirely optional. Any professional competitive player needs to demonstrate the skills of the meta game in order to be considered proficient enough to compete at an elite level, which includes trading, economy monitoring, squad rotation, and challenge completion. So that's something you're offering your players. Was that was that a decision that was a bit annoying for you, the fact that you have to do that? Or did you think, look, we have to give these players a helping hand to get to get the players they need to be competitive? No, because Seth is built on this trade on our trading discord. So that you know, we we started off as a Facebook group, I think up three years ago, and then went on to a trading discord. So our players are actually funded from the the the, tra- the premium trading discord. So it's kind of it's a good way to bring them into the into the discord and 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 to be a part of the community as well. It's kind of like one of the the ways that we try to bring the FIFA esports to the general gaming community. So it's part and parcel of it. It's, it's something that, that we, we're really passionate about and it's keeping esports, FIFA esports close to community. Craig, I just wanted to touch on something you said earlier in regards to, to brands and partnerships because in your in your statement that you made when you when you launched the, the Esports Academy, uh, you said that the knowledge base and support systems in content creation alongside all aspects of FIFA Esports would be vital to build out organic and sustainable esports athletes and organisations. You also commented that the SAF content team have delivered over 6 million media views in the last 30 days with your streamer, it's Corey B, recently appearing in the EA Sports broadcast event and that several of your content creators have grown from relatively small streamers to Twitch and Facebook gaming partners since joining the org. Do you just want to explain a little bit more about that and how what you mean by organic and sustainable? Yeah, sure. So I think I think there's um yeah in terms of of organic, I, I guess SAF kind of really live and breathe the the meaning of that in terms of you know we started as a very small community on Facebook. We we started at around about well, we started at zero, but but when I joined we had we had 60,000 followers on social media channels. Um, today we have over 530,000. Um, the way that we've done that is is by building out content team, building out the, the esports team, but we've done it in an organic way. We haven't had huge sponsors that have come in and aligned themselves with us until recently, which is something else I'll be able to tell you about that's on the horizon. So in terms of that organic growth, you know, we think it's really important that in esports, you need to create fans. Um, you need to create fans of your content creators and, and create fans of your esports players and, and your esports team. By doing that, that allows to sell things like merchandise, you know, the, the trading platform is a secondary income to what we do. We're also working with a number of brands for affiliate marketing. So if you know, our content guys will be able to, to advertise brands products, if they if they sell the products to, to our community, those guys get a percentage of that sale. So, so I guess in terms of organic growth, we think it's really important to do things in a credible fashion. So that we're we're creating a fan base that will always be there for us, and that's you know really important in building a community because you'll see quite a lot of esports brands where they've got loads of followers, but when they post content, it's almost like a hollow fan base. They have a lot of followers, but they don't have big interactions. So we would rather grow our our community at a smaller rate, a slower rate, 
and, and embed these people as fans because they then engage with the content that we put out. And that is really what brands want. You know, they don't just want somebody who's going to tweet something and then, you know, leave it and charge them for it. They want interaction with their brands so that it's credible. And it, talking about sustainability, again, you know, esports is growing massively currently. Last year, the revenue that came into esports was was more than the North American sports combined, baseball, basketball, ice hockey, you know, all of the big sports there and the movie industry. Working in this space within brand partnerships, I often see large amounts of money coming into the into the sort of sector and and, and I sometimes struggle to see where those brands will get return on investment. It almost seems quite rushed. So so we look to work with organizations in a sustainable fashion. You know, we look to sort of crawl with them at first and then we we walk with them and then we run with them. Uh, and that allows brands really to come and make sure that a partnership is correct. Uh, in my opinion, that, that you know, the, the brands that want to come and invest in this space, we've got a duty of care really to make sure that the the money that they're putting into our organization and providing for us, we deliver the results that these guys need. Uh, and that's how esports will be sustainable in the long term. That's where we're aiming at. It, it takes longer to get to where you need to be. But, but the hope is that by adopting this model, that those partnerships will be around for a lot longer. So is it sometimes that big brands or, you know, sponsors want to get involved in esports organizations? Do they offer loads of money to the organizations, but then the organization have to hit these targets that are just unrealistic? Is that is that what, you, what you're saying, basically? Yeah, certainly. So, um, I mean, there's some massive people coming into this space um and it will be really interesting for me to see how they land the return on investment you know guild esports have obviously got david beckham um coming into the space you know i've been really impressed actually with with what these guys are, are doing when you see a two million deal with with subway that's absolutely fantastic for the esports ecosystem but it would be really interesting to see how they're going to return you know that return on investment for the for the client but yeah, there there are a lot of brands coming into the space, and and one of the biggest things that I do, it's not selling SAF, it's it's the educational piece to especially non-endemic brands that come from different sectors that are used to more traditional marketing models, giving them the support and the the knowledge and the education around. You know what is credible in the space, but also the best way to reach out and connect with fans. One thing we don't want to be doing is seem to be directly selling to to our community. We, you know, that those guys probably deserve better than that. So it's how we translate their brand into a credible event that marries the two together. Um, so I think that's really important for the sustainability of esports. I want to mention fans because you, you touched on fans um, in your previous answer there. And I think it's really interesting how fandom has changed over the, over recent years. If you look at traditional sports, traditionally, you would support a team and then the players on your team would then be a secondary support, if you like. But over the last kind of decade or so, what we've seen, especially within the younger demographic, is the emergence of YouTube and highlights and things where young fans are, are getting, they're being fans of particular players and particular individuals within the game. Is that a similar thing to esports where obviously SAF as an organisation has its fans, but first and foremost, 
you need the fans for the individuals to support them and then they'll look at oh they're they're a member of SAF I'll support them as well is it like the other way around to traditional sports yeah um, I mean I, I think if you look at traditional sports with Cristiano Ronaldo as a good example uh, you know when he switched teams he took something like one and a half million Twitter followers with him to Juventus's main page so I, th- I think for the top level players there's definitely fandom where uh, you know guys probably support some of these players more than a team you know the the, the Messi versus Ronaldo debate um, can often get quite heated and, and people are passionate about the individuals but certainly you know what one thing that we've that we've done and, and been successful in growing our organization and our community is by looking at the grassroots side of things and, and looking at people that we think would engage well with our audience, but then also bringing in a sprinkling of, of people that we think, you know, the outside of our community currently, but, but our community would really interact with them by signing these guys, content creators into SAF and bringing their followers with them. That that helps to to grow our community, um, and we do quite a lot of um, quite a lot of work and and research into to looking for new people to join the organisation. So yeah, definitely, I, I think you know if you look at some of the big guys like Castro and Bates, and these guys have more followers than the, some of the best FIFA players and their content creators. So yeah, I think I think it's definitely that. Um, if you look at big big organisations like Faze Clan. Um, you know, those guys have done an excellent job and they're almost switching into a lifestyle brand now, but they definitely look to sign uh, probably a similar model to us where if there's a big guy out there with a big following, they want them to, to come and impact their organization. But then also I think it's important to bring in new talent as well and, and support them into the ecosystem. Yeah, because I'm sure it's different for you because you, you work for one of the biggest organizations in FIFA Esports. But like when I think of FIFA Esports, I think of Tex and Mr. Sari. You know, I don't think of Fnatic and Saf. Is that normal as FIFA Esports fans? Do you think that's how sports fans think rather than looking at the teams? I, f- I think there is an element of that, yes. I, f- I think that, um, you know, players' brands are, are quite strong and... You know, the, the the big thing with esports, which is really interesting and, and something that I often discuss with brands, is that if you support Liverpool, you probably have absolutely, you know, maybe 1% chance of, of, of getting to speak to Virgil van Dijk. But if you're a fan of Tex or, or Oscar or Saf Dragon, these guys are, are streaming, they're, they're speaking to their followers on 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 Twitter and, and social media, the, the chat to them on stream. One thing that we're going to be doing also is um, working alongside a brand called First Eleven. And these guys um, have recently brought in Artemelo from Juventus. And our content creators are going to be working alongside these guys to help build out scalable activations within esports. So it's, it's yeah, it's, I think definitely people tend to follow the individuals initially. But that is, in my opinion, that that's probably in FIFA more prevalent than it is in other esports when you look at the likes of Excel and 100 Thieves and you know, people tend to follow the teams in those in those esports and I think that's down to probably FIFA esports still having quite some some way to go in terms of the types of brands that the teams are allowed to work with the maximum amount of prize money is two and a half thousand dollars in tournaments so it kind of limits teams ability to to really drive revenue for their org and in turn, their exposure within within the game as well. 
We were talking earlier about how you support your players, uh, particularly within the academy system, but also your current roster as well. And one thing we've seen recently with XL Esports is they brought on Deli Alley as an ambassador, and he helps the players, particularly Wolfies, the 16 year old that I was discussing earlier. He helps him kind of deal with the fame side of things and how to deal with the pressure of playing in front of crowds and having that pressure on you to win and stuff. Is that something that Saf would ever consider, bringing in some someone like that to help your players and give them advice on how to deal with being famous, if you like? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we have had discussions um, with, with a few with an ex-footballer, actually, that's involved in the in the community. And we are currently... So we, we have sort of like a hot list, I guess. I think it's important to bring somebody that, that connects with the audience and, and is, is they're, they're an actual gamer themselves. They play the game. They're interested in esports. So yeah, one thing we would really like to do is bring bring in somebody in that sort of ambassadorial role where yeah they can, they can mentor our guys. And obviously alongside that, it tends to bring some really nice media attention as well. But yeah, certainly it's it's something that, that that's on our agenda. I think we've still got some way to grow in terms of our following is 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 good. It's you know, we're the second largest following in UK FIFA. So I think it's something to to keep an eye on and yeah, watch this space, I guess, really. I think I could probably guess who that was, Craig. To, uh, anyone listening, <laughs> yeah. you probably guess who that is, but we'll yeah. move on swiftly. I don't want to spoil yeah. that. Um, <laughs> but just look into the future then, because you know, you've got a number of players on your roster who are really successful. You've got your eSports Academy now, which which is looking at some of the best up-and-coming young players and getting them ready to, to compete in official tournaments. What does the future look like for SAF? What your hoping to be what are your ambitions for the next few years and what have you not done yet that you want to achieve yeah i guess i guess from uh, john's probably got goals for this as well in terms of the esports team i think as a from my perspective um we we have a great partnership coming up with the guys at first 11 which you know that's going to put us um on, on a really nice platform alongside some some big sports stars you know artemelo's got eight million followers um, you know, things like that are really going to help to grow our community. For me, it, it is really making the organization profitable, you know, really driving some brand partnerships where we're well on the way with discussions with with probably 10 to 15 brands right now that want to come into the space. So for me, it's kind of really growing the commercial side of what we do. And hopefully that'll lead to being able to employ more people full-time in the organization and, and really realize the growth that, that's there because I think FIFA esports is massively untapped. And if, if you look at football as a direct sort of competitor or, or likeness to esports, it's, it's the, the most watched game by 1.5 billion people. Um, now, surely there's a massive crossover and that's only something that, that FIFA esports has got to, to gain from. In, in my opinion, that's the headroom that we've got. So that's really exciting. Yeah, I think what you were just going on there, Craig, is just that I, I really think that EA need to do a better job in terms of esports with um, bridging that gap uh, and building stars. You see that, I don't mean to be this in, in, in a bad way, they, they, they highlight players that have done really well in the past and always kind of highlight those players going forwards. They don't grasp the newer players coming through quite as, as well. And what I think they really need to do a lot better is kind of talk up their stories, talk up their rivalries with other players and, you know, go back to kind of where did they finish last season? When did they last, when did Tex last play, um, 
Tom Leeson competition. Uh, that's a really bad example, by the way, because they're one's Xbox and one's PlayStation. But, <laughs> but um, you know, kind of build up these rivalries, build up these stories and, and, and get people interested in it. Because at the moment, it's kind of like, oh, we've got um, the FGS qualifier of, um, is this Saturday. Come watch these six players play. But who are they? What's their story? Where are they from? What's so interesting about them? Why should we watch? Uh, why should we watch them? It's it's something that needs to be done a lot better because it get it will get more people interested. And at the end of the day, when more people are interested and more people watching, it will bring more money into esports. At the moment, I think what EA do with their streams, with like the um, the qualifier streams, is they they activate um, prize drops like cars and and stuff like that. And if you look at the chats, for example, it's just spam of people trying to um, like trying to activate prizes it would be so much better if people were actually talking about the game like you know showing support and stuff like that and it's just something that once that spam and stories are kind of being built then i think we'd have a better esport production wise and it would get people more interested and, and, and mean more to people do you think that's because fifa esports is in its infancy really in comparison to I mean, if you look at League of Legends or Dota or CSGO, they've been going for over a decade and they've got huge fan bases. They don't really need to do giveaways, whereas FIFA might feel or EA might feel they need to do these type of giveaways to attract fans. And then once it gets to a stage, then they can start really focusing on it. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I wouldn't say it's really in its infancy, to be honest. The World Cups have been going for, for, for years now. Um, I say it's in the only way that I say it's in his infancy. It's just the fact it's gone. It's kind of stayed at a steady, steady level for, for the last couple of years. Like FIFA 21 Global Series, obviously isn't as good as the, the 20 because it's, it's all kind of online and stuff like that. But then it's been the same for quite a few years now. It's not kind of it's not had a massive impact like Fortnite um, for, um, competitive gaming has been and 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 COD and and so on and so forth. I just think there needs to just be more more investment and more more opportunities for these young guys to become become stars. In regards to SAF then, John, for the next couple of years, obviously you you said that you're still looking for, for players, for your academy and for your roster as well. Are there, are there any things that you're looking for? If there's any FIFA players listening to this who they're under the age of 16 and they, they really want to join an org, what would you be looking for in, for the, in these players for them to join SAF? So for the academy, we're just looking for potential. Someone who's, you know, level-headed, can can play the game obviously do have have good weekend league finishes at that age and um and also have the potential to become a good content creator for the pro team we're looking for something slightly different where there's unwell in qualifiers maybe they're in a top 100 in the um in the rankings in the fgs rankings and stuff like that and also again people that that are good content creators would be amazing i mean there's this there's, there's many good players out there for example mark marley who's from scotland he's uh, the number one ranked player on the xbox in the uk he's got a fantastic twitch following as well and he's, he's a really good content creator. he's one of those players just like um tom lease hashtag tom who, who's really nailed it both sides of the fence and what do you want to achieve 
with SAF as an, as an esports organization, what, what goals are you yet to achieve and what are you hoping for the future? So for me, I'm, you know, I, I'm very mentally focused to being the best in whatever I do. <laughs> so if that's kind of like my work, my day-to-day job, if it's outside in, in martial arts and, and stuff like that, I, I, I want to drive whoever I'm, I'm associated to be the best. I, I want SAF to be the, the, the biggest e-free-sports organization in the world. Will we get there is, is another question, but, you know, it, that's, that's our aim. Um, it has to be the aim to, um, to to keep on growing and to keep on moving forward. What I think you do with the esports academy is brilliant, particularly with the mental side of the game. Because I think for for young people, it can be a difficult world, particularly on social media. It can be very harsh. So the fact that you're giving giving these players, which they've got pressure on their shoulders anyway to perform, but the fact that you're giving them the tools to cope with that, and you're helping them become a more all-round athlete and a, an all-round person as well i think is is a testament to you guys what you're doing at saf and you've already got a really talented roster and like you said you've got a massive trading discord as well so i mean the future's bright isn't it for saf it's it's looking good i hope so <laughs> spend enough time on it <laughs> saf, saf to the moon <laughs> well, I really, really appreciate you spending all this time with me today and to, to talk about your organisation because I think you're doing a great job over there and I wish you all the best over the next few years. It's a really exciting time for FIFA Esports and you're one of the biggest British FIFA Esports organisations out there. So, yeah, it's just exciting and best of luck with everything. Really appreciate your time, guys. Thanks. Nice one, Nathan. Thank you for having us. Thank you for listening to Level Up, the esports and gaming show. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and please leave us a rating and review. You can also follow us on Twitter at Level Up Pod, where you'll find all of our previous episodes and information about how to subscribe. We'll be back with a brand new episode very soon. Level Up.